This is the Newsroom Podcast. I am Jason Collington. Uh, today, we're here talking to Anna Caduti, our assistant uh, news editor, who's also our breaking news editor. And she's also our resident expert when it comes to all things marijuana in Oklahoma. Uh, this has been a long story. Uh, and the recent chapters, everyone knows, uh, we had recreational marijuana on the ballot. And uh, Oklahoma, it looked like, Anna, I think, was that every single county said no. Uh, and so we're kind of coming back around and saying it's been a week. Um, what is it that is the future here when it comes to marijuana? Uh, and has been on some other podcasts, written a bunch of stories, uh, knows this topic in inside it out, um, understands the law, understands uh, the industry. And so we really do have an expert here who uh, I want to hopefully in the next 20 minutes figure out give people an idea of what's happening, what has happened, and what might happen coming up next. Anna, when it came to March 7th and the vote, when it came down, that was something that you had predicted. Uh, when it came became reality, what did you think? I uh, just wasn't surprised at all. Uh, knew that uh, it was not going to be close. And with about 62% of the of, of the voters saying no to this, I I just knew that that campaign for no on 820 was was pretty successful at getting out into churches. They used, um, I shouldn't say used, but law enforcement uh, agencies were a huge part of that campaign uh, against 820. And so you're right, um, not one of Oklahoma's 77 counties uh, came in as a yes for state question 820, although uh, it was 36 votes away in Oklahoma uh, County where Oklahoma City is for <clears throat> For our listeners who aren't familiar, and so it was a resounding failure, which didn't necessarily mean that Oklahomans are not interested in marijuana. Um, 57% of us in 2018 said, yeah, we want medical cannabis to be, be available for people. And since then, some of the complaints have been that we've got recreational marijuana already because patients don't have to list qualifying conditions. There's few barriers to entry. Um, 400,000 Oklahomans have a medical card and another 100,000 are using uh, cannabis uh, outside of that program. And so the question is, uh, you know, where, where do we go from here? D did we really lose a lot of business for our state dispensaries uh, by uh, not passing recreational marijuana? Very possibly. Uh, I think that when we're talking about the future in this state, We've experiencing at the same time as this vote, a two-year moratorium on new issued licenses through the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. So um, that has meant that we are going to see some dispensaries that just aren't able to, to continue. Maybe they were relying on people coming across the border from Kansas or Texas uh, to come in um, because, as everybody likes to say, we've got more dispensaries than McDonald's. And uh, right. so, yeah, we, we do have the sticky label of the most marijuana dispensaries in America, right? In our state. Yeah, that's the, I don't even think it's a contest. <laughs> so what 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 contributed? Why do why does Oklahoma have more medical dispensaries than any other state? What what is the why there? I think that in 2018, we saw a lot of people that said, hey, there there aren't a ton of regulations. Hey, my license only cost about 5,000 bucks. I can scrape that together. And uh, so we had a lot of, of entries into this uh, program. Uh, then the regulations started rolling in. So right. now right. got a five-year-old program. Those regulations are really less than a year old. 
And so there's been a lot of changes, including seed to sale inventory requirements and such that some dispensaries that are vertically integrated and, and do growing as well, that they can't compete, that they're not ready for um, all of the paperwork that goes into seed to sale inventory, that it's hard to, uh, to do the, the record keeping that's being required now. For example, the state wants to know how much water are you using? How much power are you using? Uh, because they want to be able to compare those numbers and say, oh, you're, you are not reporting as much wheat as you're obviously growing based on these numbers. And so people are going to be exiting, um, I think, this industry quite a bit or trying to sell their licenses, which um, is maybe going to put a, a bit of a strain on Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, though not as much as if recreational had passed. So one of the good things that cannabis stakeholders will point to, and including patients, is that this gives OMMA some time to weed out bad actors. I don't mean a pun there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that they'll be able to vet these people that are trying to sell their licenses. So it's not going to be out-of-state folks coming in and buying up licenses saying, hey, now I can get it. No, it's not going to be like that because there are a lot of regulations about who can um, own a, a cannabis business in Oklahoma. And we want that to be Oklahomans, not not out of country, out of state interest. And so I think that um, that our state agency is led by a really savvy director, Adria Berry, is doing a great job, and she's going to continue to do so. Do you, one of the things I think that has kind of been why we keep making national news on this topic of marijuana is, you know, we do have a system right now with medical marijuana where we've got 10% of Oklahomans uh, who are using, uh, which is pretty high. Uh, and um, again, the people who don't have the licenses, but but use it, uh, like you said, is another 100,000. It seems like it's a popular thing to do. The dispensaries are kind of on every corner. Um, and the governor recently talked about how, what this vote on March 7th, what that kind of gave him uh, the right to do. We We have a new attorney general, and when you hire a fighter pilot as a attorney general, uh, he definitely attacks things. And he has said that he is going to stop all this illegal grow, growing that's happened in Oklahoma. But it looks like between the attorney general and the governor, they both feel like they've got their hands on some stuff. And by the end of this year, we're going to probably have some movement. What movements do you think are going to happen with both of those guys at the controls? I think that the attorney general has um, people in his office that have their eyes on a lot related to marijuana. Uh, one issue specifically that um, his office has talked about is what I've already mentioned, this license transfers. They want to ensure that they're doing everything they can, whether it's legislatively um, or if there's any other avenues to make sure that these people that are trying to either dump their licenses or kind of swing in um, and take advantage that that those people are doing right um, by what we want them to do in Oklahoma. So I feel really um, good about that. But, you know, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, they knew that this was coming. As soon as they set a moratorium, um, you know, a team in that office started thinking about, okay, you know, what have we just invited for ourselves? More work with license transfers. And they're on it. I can tell you. I mean, their their license director is going to call me next week. Um, and, and I feel pretty confident that they're going to say that, they have all the resources that they need to handle uh, to make sure that if the attorney general or anything comes down from our um, uh, legislators, 
that they'll be able to accommodate that. And I do think that there's a slate of some good um, bills right now uh, that are being pushed by uh, Representative John Eccles, Representative Scott Beckatter, really have their um, heads wrapped around after five years trying to tweak our medical marijuana program to, uh, to make sure that people in the cannabis business are able to do what they need to do, which is take care of patients, while making sure that we're not an invitation for foreign investors to come in and just mm -hmm. try to take advantage. Yeah. What about the governor? What do you think he's going to be able to move uh, when it comes to this topic? You know, that's a really good question. Um, governor Stitt said when he was campaigning for re-election that he has used cannabis before. So I think that he is going to be anxiously awaiting the federal government to come down and say, what are we supposed to do about this? Because Oklahoma was set to be the 22nd domino to fall in the recreational marijuana, uh, what you might call the war against the war on drugs going on across the United States. Well, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's going to be another 22nd domino to fall somewhere else. And that, you know, the, the point is that Governor Stitt, like the rest of us, says, you know, hey, this is something that that ought to be coming down because it's the feds that have gotten in the way of this. Well, part of that is true. And, and they're, you know, we have the ability to, to say, hey, in Oklahoma, we want our, you know, residents to have access to this. We've got a lot of veterans who are getting benefit from it. And I think that he sees that as well. He's, I don't think he's going to come down on the other side of this, like a lot of people think a conservative uh, leader might. What, one of the things that I think is also interesting, especially at this point in, you know, in the juncture, if you will, at this point in time, uh, Oklahoma has changed a lot in the last 10 years. A lot of people never thought this was ever going to be because, again, we have a very uh, red reputation. We have a very um, we have a we have a, a direction that this state has gone in for the last several decades that this was kind of a surprise. And we saw, you know, maybe would you call it not the average Oklahoma voter that appeared uh, to get medical marijuana? Um, through but it, it's again we've got we when it comes to the things that a lot of states have that we don't we 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 don't do very well on that list but then there's there's some things that we do that other states don't do jason uh, that's a really good point because oklahoma has had a i mean a not very well kept secret of two huge marijuana growing operations in the eastern part of the state, one up in Delaware County, one down in Cherokee County that have been, I mean, well established since the 1980s. Well, those people have been supplying Oklahomans, probably Texans, Missourians, Arkansas for, for decades. And when you um, are seeing that there's no big problems from that, you know, you see that people are getting benefit from that. And then you start to put two and two together. Oh, this could be making money for somebody other than just, you know, a grower or a plug or a dealer. Let's get the money back to, you know, I want my kids to get a better education out of this. Let's let's make Delaware County grow and it means something for the state. And so I think that a lot of people had that stigma already removed because Oklahoma had this long history. Yeah. Uh, and and then, yeah, we we were just ready. And, and, and of all things, I, I would not have put, I would have not uh, thrown the dart and hit marijuana of all the things <laughs> that, that we would have a reputation for uh, when it comes to this time in history. Um, remind me again, 
again, you've been an uh, assistant editor with us for a long time. You've you've been a bra- our breaking news editor. What got you into this topic? Because you not only write about this topic, you not only have edited stories. Because we used to have a pot reporter who this is what she focused on. Uh, you also uh, are the administrator of our private Facebook page, uh, pri- private Facebook group that about that's about marijuana. And I remember making that group name because I couldn't use the word marijuana in it. Uh, and um, back when Facebook wouldn't allow that. Tell tell me what's your interest. What why is this topic something that you've kind of surrounded yourself with? since you've uh, come over to the news side? You know, there was a push for medical marijuana, a petition drive, even before when state question 788 was, was being campaigned for. I first became interested when people were saying, hey, you know, there, there's this grassroots movement to say, we want to write this and do it right, you know, and create a program that's really based on helping people that was my first exposure to something that wasn't just, you know, hey, let's uh, let's get a bunch of signatures because we can pay for them in California and get a law passed so that we can start making money. I really felt like this group said people need something and mm. it's not opioids. As you remember, I mean, the height of the opioid crisis was when we were really starting this grassroots movement for medical cannabis in Oklahoma. That group did such amazing work. They really built a lot of buy-in from people that you wouldn't expect, including lawmakers, to say, how can we do this in a way that's not going to get trampled right on by the legislature? So they just did it in a really smart way. And I, I said, let's let's find out more about this. I got my patient card. I am a patient. So um, there, now Oklahoma has alternatives. If you don't want to go to a doctor and say, I'm in so much pain, and the only option they give you is opioids, in Oklahoma, we... We have an option for you. Um, in opioids here in Oklahoma, we had cities that were having millions of pills per resident. I mean, we, we, opioids hit us really, really hard. Um, you know, I know a lot of people look at West Virginians and, you know, some of those other states, uh, but we got a more, <laughs> several hundred million dollar settlement in this, o, this opioids uh, uh, correction because of how damaging it was to Oklahomans. Uh, not just the deaths, but the people who still. I mean, I remember in my inter- my reporting days going to the methadone clinic. Uh, mar- heroin has always been a- an issue here in Tulsa. And you went to that methadone clinic and you thought you would you would think it was a it was a waiting room uh, for a Lego store. I mean it was people all over the place of all ages. Um, and so uh, narcotics anonymous meetings in this town are full. There's two or three a day in Tulsa. Um, AA meetings. Oh my gosh, there's a dozen a day in this town. Um, Gamblers Anonymous meetings. Um, so we definitely have a um, an addiction problem here, like many other places. Um, but like you, you're right, I, I I guess I forgot about that. That this is not only a, an alternative to opioids, um, but it's also helping us kind of turn from that horrible time in our history where opioids were just everywhere. Um, I mean, I don't think any of us don't know a personal story of opioids affecting uh, their family. And marijuana is another alternative that helps deal with pain because a lot of those opioid patients, it was a car wreck. It was a knee injury. 
It was a dental procedure. Um, and and laws like this, it gives us the opportunity to, to find out for ourselves, what does this do? Can this help? Um, right. you know, th th I mean, just to bring up quickly, there's another law um, that's rolling around the Oklahoma legislature right now. Can psilocybin mushrooms help patients get off antidepressant pills? I mean, Jason, you know perfectly well that some kids cannot get off these pills that we've started them on, and it turns them into zombie young adults. If, yeah. if there's anything that can help, whether it's cannabis or psilocybin, I think that it's great that lawmakers are saying, hey, let's not just put the blinders on and say, make everything illegal. Is If there's something that can help, let's explore it as a good alternative because big pharma should not be in control of our health and they kind of are. I, 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 I hear you on that. Um, Anna, thank you for this. Uh, I appreciate the, the wrap up. We're going to continue to write about this. What's the next news uh, item that's going to come up when it comes to marijuana and we'll to end the show here. What's what's the next thing that's going to pop up that we're going to write about? Sure, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority um, is about to get a little bit more uh, to do. <laughs> There's some uh, bills rolling through the Oklahoma legislature that we're following, uh, including THC potency limits, all kinds of stuff that we're going to be tweaking how medical patients are uh, participating in that program. So follow along. All right. Well, again, this is the Newsroom Podcast where I get a chance to talk to uh, the, the newsroom uh, here at the Tulsa World, kind of get the story behind the stories. Anna, thank you for your coverage. Thank you for your leadership. Uh, thank you for all the things that you do for our readers. Um, she is a dedicated editor and a great person who uh, just one of the many we have here at the Tulsa World. Uh, this podcast is on Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please follow and subscribe because what we're trying to do is we're trying to tell you the stories uh, that you need to know here at the Tulsa World. So thank you, Anna, and we'll see you guys next time.